You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be getting controversial, right? It is, it's controversial opinion time, and the title of today's episode, which you have already seen, is Stop Taking People to Small Claims Court or Sending Them to Collections, all right? Now, we're getting into this because of a lot of advice I've seen online. Before we get into the episode, please make sure that you have gone over and you've joined our Facebook group where we share great advice, great information. It's NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners. It is just owners in that group, so you know you are getting advice from other people who are really out there in the trenches owning Cheer Gyms. Uh, so head over there if you are an owner. If you are a coach, head over to the All-Star Cheer Coaches group. We have coaches and owners in that group who are interested in learning more about cheer, how to run a cheer business more effectively. Our managers are in those groups. It's a really, really great group with a lot of great information. Also, head over to nextgenowners.com where you can subscribe for our blogs where Danielle sends out all sorts of really great uh, blogs. You can subscribe to our emailing list. You can make sure you get notified of all of our conferences, which we have one coming up in Texas in June. Uh, and you can stay appraised of everything going on in NextGen to include joining the Academy. So make sure you've done that. And last but not least, if there is someone who would get something out of this episode, someone you think really needs to hear it, make sure you go and share that this episode with them send it to them so they know and they can listen and they can learn and they can help change this industry for the better all right so getting into this this came up because i've seen a lot of advice on various facebook groups out there of people saying hey i've got this family that owes $1200 what should i do and there is a lot of advice of take them to small claims course or send them to collections, or do this and that and the other thing to get your money back. And I just want to address some of those things right now. And I am not coming to you from the perspective of I'm perfect. Uh, we've gotten way better at this. Um, I don't send people to collections or take people to small claims court, but that's because we don't really have a lot of outstanding bills. Um, but the reality is I've been there, you guys. Like, in my second year of business, we 100% were way, way, way too nice. And we had just gone through a split with a co-owner and we were worried about people maybe leaving. And so we were very accepting of everything. And we were overwhelmed. We were paying attention to all the teams. We were coaching. And that was just our number one focus. And we weren't really paying attention to the business side. And it wasn't until midway through the season, like January, around the time frame we are now, where people are asking because they're starting to see end of the season's coming up and there's the last couple events and the bank account isn't matching what should be. And so people are looking at that and going, what's wrong? And then they look and they realize people owe them money because they haven't been paying attention to it all year long. And we did the same thing. And we had like, I, I don't know, it was like up upwards of $40,000 that was outstanding that year that we were in a really bad way where people were thousands of dollars behind and they were so far behind that there was no hope that they were going to be able to make up those funds. Like it, it was just way too much. And we ended up digging ourselves out of the hole and we learned a lot from it. Um, but 
it was a huge mistake. And I, I know there are people who are there, so I'm not coming at you from a higher than thou art position. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like on the, uh, this podcast, of, I'm a movie guy. Um, and I feel like Al Pacino in, uh, the, the football movie, um, that he's in, he's giving that speech at the end. And he, he says, I've made every mistake a middle-aged man can make. Um, and I feel like I've kind of been there where I'm like, I've made every mistake a business owner can make, uh, throughout my career owning my gym. And so I identify with that. Um, so there are really four things, four reasons why I want you to stop taking people to small claims court and or sending them to collections and stop doing it right now if that's something that you're thinking about doing or that's something that you are doing. Now, you may be listening to this going, man, I've done it. It works great for me. Um, I haven't talked to many people who truly and honestly believe that. There are some people who've had some success with it, but uh, it's just... Uh, it's just not the right practice. So number one, don't let it get that far. It's not kind. Deal with it early. Number two, this will eat your soul alive. Number three, talk about bad PR and negative Google reviews. And number four, none of these are really going to make you whole, in my opinion. All right. So number one, don't let it get that far. It's not kind. You need to deal with it early on. So we in the cheer world, we all are in this because we love people or the vast majority of us. Most of us did not open a cheer gym because we were like, man, I want to make a million dollars a year. That's the way to do it. Uh, we got into it because it was a passion because we loved cheerleading or we loved helping people or both. And that makes us prone to uh, making errors in terms of a business perspective. If we love people, we listen to the sob story, we listen to the, you know, oh, dad left us, or we just lost our job, or we want to do this, that, and the other thing, and we want to make things cheaper for people. We want to give people a shot. We want to help them out because we see the kids and we don't want it to negatively impact the kids. And then we get ourselves into hot water. Or number two, we love cheerleading and we see this athlete's talent or this ability. You know, They're an amazing backspot or we just really need the skill set that they have. So we're like, oh yeah, I'll work with you. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. And then we don't actually set up a plan. We just kind of arbitrarily say, we'll figure out a plan and then we don't stick to it. Am I saying you can't make payment plans with people? No, I'm not. You can. You can set things up to be accommodating, but you need to follow those plans and you need to stick with them. Uh, Danielle's done some things where she's talked about you know, who she scholarships and doesn't. And she doesn't do scholarships except for kids in foster care. Uh, and that's just for classes. That's not for teams. And I've talked about scholarships and how you need to not do them. You know, I've helped athletes out before. Uh, and for me, I make them work for it. You know, they coach classes or they... Uh, do other things to earn back the money that I'm essentially fronting them. And that's even on a rare occasion. I, I've i done the parents clean the gym thing. I don't do it anymore because it's not worth it. You don't get your bang for your buck. Um, it's not, I, I don't feel like I get the return on the investment. So we don't do that. But the ultimate thing is don't let it get that far. Don't let it get to a point where people owe you that much money. If people are behind more than a month, then you need to have a recourse. You need to be sitting that athlete. You need to be calling and you need to be making collections immediately. Like if they miss their payment on the first, by the fifth, you should be calling and figuring out what's going on and what the recourse is because you need to get that settled early. If you let those bills pile up with how expensive 
competitive all-star cheerleading is, if you miss two months of payments in our gym and you're on the 11th month plan, you're going to owe almost six to $700 by the time those two months have passed. Like most people can't recover from that. Like it's much, if you miss that one payment, it's really hard to catch up. And then if you've missed three months or four months, and now we're talking 1500 bucks, then how many people can just miraculously come up with that 1500 bucks? So your best case scenario is you're going to create a payment plan for this person and they're most likely not going to meet it. You might get a couple payments from them, but they're not going to be able to catch back up. So you're really not doing them a kindness by letting people get behind. By holding them to their end of the bargain, you are actually doing them a kindness. You're preventing them from getting into a position where you're going to have to remove their athlete from the team and it's going to be closer to an event and it's going to punish the rest of the team. So make sure you're dealing with these things early and frequently and very, very directly. And if you can't get a parent on the phone, like I hear this all the time, oh, we've called and they don't answer and then they just drop the kid off and they don't come in. And it's like, well, you stop that kid at the front desk and you say, hey, I need you to call your parents. You can't practice tonight. And I'll talk to him. Just give them, call them on your phone. And if they don't, or if they don't have a phone, then you sit them down, you call the parents, you leave a voicemail, or you send them a text, hey, they're sitting out until you can come in and talk to me. Or you meet them in the parking lot and go talk to them in the car. Like You have to be willing to be confrontational about this stuff because your, your recourse right now that people are arguing that you should do is by sending them to small claims court. That's pretty confrontational. You're taking people to court. You're suing them for the money that they do owe you. I'm not saying that they don't owe you that money, but you're you're suing them for it. That's pretty that's a pretty confrontational thing and you're not having an attorney represent you, you're representing yourself. So it's really important to just deal with these things on the front end. That's actually doing people a kindness and you're preventing this issue from expanding to anything negative. Number 2, uh, I mentioned it, it's going to eat your soul alive, right? Like if you are constantly taking people to small claims court, if you're not following rule one and not letting it get that far and you're letting it get out of hand and it's happening more often than not, and now you're taking 10 people to small claims court every year, it's going to destroy you internally. Like that is a really crummy feeling to be filing a bunch of suits because you feel taken advantage of, you feel wronged. It's this like moral hurt and they're going to be mad about it because no one likes to get sued even when they're wrong. Like no one wants to be taken to court. It's not a fun process. And it's just going to create this embattlement in your gym that you don't need that you can avoid by dealing with it on the front end. So again, it, it's it's actually better to be a little bit like Elsa and just let it go um, and move on with your life and say, I messed this one up. I let this person get that far behind. So now I'm going to move forward and I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Now, I know that's crazy. And we are the people who talk about, you know, your profit margins and running your business effectively. And there are a lot of business people out there that would probably disagree with me. But this is something that we all in NextGen feel very, very strongly about is not the right way to do business because it's your mistake that you let them get that far behind. Like, could, can you take people to small claims court for one month of tuition? I mean, you could, but it's not worth your time. The, the amount, my time is worth more than $350. Uh, the amount of time it's going to take me to go to court is worth more than that money. So that is a, oops, I should have had a card on file. Um, 
and but I dealt with it in the moment. They quit. They were gone. All right, it is what it is. But it's going to eat your soul alive. It's not a healthy perspective. You're just going to be stressed out all the time, and it's it's not going to build happiness for you on top of all of the negative PR, which takes me kind of to the next point, but talk about bad PR and negative Google reviews. If you've ever been the recipient of a bunch of negative Google reviews, it really, really sucks. And Google makes sure you know about it because they send you an email and you get these alerts that, Hey, you got a one-star review and your recourse for getting those one-star reviews off is basically nothing. You can't get rid of them. So if you're going to be taking people to small claims court, you're going to be sending people to collections, you are going to generate a lot of hostility and negativity towards your business. And all they need to do is be able to articulate that their experience is real. They don't have to be right. They just have to be a real customer. There's nothing in Google's policies that say they're telling the truth. It is just that they have actually been a customer and they're giving their perspective, their, what they believe, they're speaking their truth when they type that Google review. So there's nothing to do to get those taken off. And I will tell you, I have some bad Google reviews from many, many years ago when we terminated an employee and we, we made some mistakes in the year, but we, I mean, we have some bad reviews. They're way buried down now, but it took a long time to bury those down with good reviews. And it was, I mean, it was soul sucking. I'm borderline PTSDing. Like I still get emails from Google saying, you know, here's your performance or the title of the email is always, you got a review. And I honestly still get a little, that little butterfly moment in my stomach when I see that email pop in, someone left you a review before I can see whether or not it was five star. And the one star review like story that I'm telling you happened six years ago. And, but it happened so frequently. It was like one or two a day. This person just kept creating fake email accounts and leaving essentially the same review over and over again. And then they went over and started doing it on Yelp. So like this stuff can follow you and the negative Google reviews are going to equally impact your business negatively. Like we live in a culture where people read those reviews when they are determining where they're going to spend their money. So people look at Yelp reviews, people look at Google reviews, those actually do matter. And your ability to get those taken down is almost nothing on both of those platforms. Uh, so it's, it's not worth the bad PR when you're talking about going after 300 bucks. Now, I can see how you might say it's worth the bad PR to go after someone who had three athletes in your program and you let them go the whole season and now they owe you $10,000. But again, that harkens back to that's partially your fault because you allowed them to continue to participate and can continue to be a part of the program when they really should not have been. Right? You really should have sat them much earlier on and dealt with that problem early. And the last one is that none of these, the majority of the time, are going to make you whole. Collections, if they collect, which is pretty rare, um, there's agencies out there that'll say they collect up to a certain percentage of the time, but oftentimes they don't. And if they don't, then you don't get any money. And if they do, they give you a percentage of the money because that's how they get paid. They get paid when they collect. So if they get the money back, then they give you 40% of what was owed to you or 60%, whatever it is, but you're not getting made truly whole if they collect. And I will tell you, we tried a collections agency way back when, and we got $0 back. Zero. Because people just don't answer the phone, right? So um, that was 
a, a problem there. And then with small claims court, even if a judge rules against them and says that they owe you the money and they need to pay you, it depending on your state, that doesn't mean that anything will actually happen. It's just a judgment against them. Maybe, maybe you live in a state where you can claim a wage garnishment eventually, which means they will pay you a very small percentage over a period of time and most likely will you'll get made whole in five years. So you've now just given them this five-year loan. Like it, it just doesn't work out the way people think. It's more of a moral victory than it, it's saying you were right, you were wronged than it is any sort of actual financial recourse because it takes you 10 years to get your money back. Like the courts rarely are going to go, yes, you owe this person this money and we order you to pay it today because they, they really can't do that. What if they don't have the money in the account? So they set up payment plans. Like that is all the courts do. So you're really not getting made whole and you're definitely not getting made whole right away. So it's really not a a super um, amazing thing that you just get your money back, like take people to small claims court and boom, you're going to get your money back. And then lastly, which I didn't even put in the notes, but it's something I want to talk about is it's very likely that your contract is not going to hold up in court. Okay. I have talked to so many gym owners that do not have contracts that were ever reviewed by an attorney for their state. If you have not had your contracts reviewed by an attorney in your state, you are very likely outside of the legal rulings of your state. What happens the most in cheer is we try to save money. So we ask someone for their material, their waiver, their contract, and then we just change a few things around and we say go. Well, that's not how legal contracts work. And each state has its own rules. So you need to contact an attorney to have them look over your class contract, your all-star contract, your birthday party. All of your contracts need to be looked over that say how people are going to pay you, how people are allowed to quit, whether or not there are refunds, what happens if they owe you money. Like it, that all needs to be detailed out. And if you need an attorney, you need to go to the one and only Matthew Becker with gymlawyers.com. He is the man. Uh, he is crushing it right now in the cheer industry. I have sent so many clients over to work with him and they every single time he delivers and he delivers for me. He gives us contracts on time. Uh, what he handles is contract law. He's not going to go and argue in court for you, but he's going to give you contracts that meet your legal requirements within your state and at least are going to make sure that you've done things correctly in that manner, where if you ever did really, really have to do defend yourself in court, that is going to stand up. Okay. So most of the time when it comes to small claims, we're not even set up correctly. Our, our contracts weren't even good. And you could even, depending on your state, be exposing yourself to your own liability because they you submit your contract and the court says, not only does your contract not clearly state how things are going to work, but the money that you automatically withdrew from our client's account or from the, the defendant's account was illegal because you'd never got written permission and you violated federal trade act rules, uh, that make it so you cannot just draw money without people's permission and you don't have that written permission and therefore you violated the law and now you owe them money or in some states it can even be criminal. And if you're wondering about that, please go listen to my very first episode I did with Matthew Becker. I'll link it in the description. 
we talk about some of that stuff and I was even blown away. And that's coming from the perspective of someone who's worked in law enforcement. So it's, it's pretty big stuff. All right. So there are numerous ways to avoid this problem. You have to make sure, number one, that your contracts are good. We talked about that. You have to make sure that you have a class management software and have cards on file for everyone. Like just have cards on file. The people we tended to not get money from were people who didn't have cards on file because they they wanted to pay by check or they weren't comfortable having a card on file. I don't care. If you want to participate, you have to have a card on file. That's just it. Everyone has a credit card. Everyone has a debit card or some card that they can put on file. And then each month you need to be running your reports. And when you find people who are past due, they need to be sat immediately. Don't like give them a couple phone calls, maybe give them two or a practice or two while you're trying to make contact. And then from there, sit them down. People will only respect your business when you treat it like a business. Until you start treating it that way and demanding that people treat it that way, then your clients are not actually going to do that either, right? If you don't think of your business like a business, your clients aren't going to. So there is all sorts of advice out there about how to collect money from people and what do you do when someone leaves your program and owes you a whole bunch of money. Or uh, one of the ones I've seen is, you know, we scholarship this kid and then they quit. So now I want to go after them for all the money that we scholarship them for. If you are doing something to get back at someone for wronging you, that's the wrong basis to be doing it. Like it's just not it's not the right perspective. You have to take some ownership of your portion of where things went wrong. If you told someone that they can cheer for free and you don't have any sort of a contract to say how long their season is going to be, do you have a recourse to go after them and say, now you owe me money? And did you agree to that? That's a very hard thing to follow, right? So make sure that you are just the best way is don't scholarship people. Have cards on file. Charge people every single month. Don't let people get past due. Like these are, I know there's there's simple concepts that are more difficult to execute in real life for a lot of people because you're good hearted, you're good people, and you don't want to you don't want to do people badly. But at the end of the day, your good heartedness is now getting you to a position where you're making decisions that are not helping your business. It, it made this bed and now you're you're trying to put out the fire by lighting another bonfire instead of you know, letting that fire die out and making sure another one doesn't start. So as we leave this episode, I have one, I, I really have some simple assignments. It's a two-parter. Okay, number one, I want you to run an aged accounts report and see where you are at. If you have people who are past due, call them to collect right away. And if they aren't, if you don't get that going, then sit them down, sit them out until you can get them on the phone. If they're no longer a part of your program, you really only have two options. One is to just let it go. And two is you could very kindly reach out and say, hey, I don't know if you know, but you actually still have an outstanding balance. And it'd be really awesome. Anything you're willing to put towards that, we would really appreciate it as we continue to try to deliver the same amazing services that we delivered to your child for all the years. And some people might give you a little bit of the money. Um, most are not going to though, because imagine how you would feel if someone called you out of the blue two years later and said, hey, by the way, you owe me a bunch of money. Um, you'd be like, you know, go 
go away. I don't want to deal with you. Um, you would not be, receive that very fondly. And after you've done that, number two, everyone should do this if they haven't done this, is you need to create a system for running these reports regularly and what will happen when people are past due. And then train your key staff and execute from here on out. Never take anyone to small claims court again. Right? Make sure your coaches know what's going to happen. Make sure your parents know what's going to happen. Educate your parents at the front end of the year. Hey, look, tuitions run on the first of every month. And if you it's late on the fifth, a late fee will be assessed. We'll then call you. If you still haven't paid by the 10th, your athlete will be sat out. If you haven't made that payment by the 15th, when your assessments are due, your assessments will be assessed with another attempt to run your tuition. And if that doesn't go through, you'll you'll be removed or, or benched from the program uh, until you can make that bill current, right? Make that, And I'm just telling you a system that exists. You don't have to follow that exact system, but it would work pretty well. And you'd be handling things right early on before people can get too far past due. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're looking for another great podcast, make sure you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. Phenomenal stuff. Great interviews. I listen to it every time he puts out an episode. They're always awesome and I love them. He's also on YouTube and Instagram. So check all of that stuff out. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.